Welcome to Great Big City News, Episode 4. The 747 takes flight, the Francis Tavern bombing, and government shutdown resources. If you are new to the podcast and have never heard of a great big city, visit agreatbigcity.com to learn more and follow us on social media to stay up to date on New York news. If you are a New York-based business looking to support local news by sponsoring our podcast, visit agreatbigcity.com advertising to learn more. We're starting things off with government shutdown news and how the city is stepping in to help residents who have not been paid for any work since before Christmas. As of January 23rd, the federal shutdown is in its 33rd day, and furloughed government workers will soon receive their second paycheck, showing zero dollars in pay. Not only are the city's government workers feeling the impact, the mayor noted in a recent press conference that two million New Yorkers could be affected if the shutdown stretches into March and federal programs lose funding. To support New Yorkers, the Bronx Parent Housing Network has opened a food pantry in the Bronx to assist any of the city's federal employees who may face food shortages during this lapse in pay. The program offers free delivery anywhere within the five boroughs, or furloughed workers may come to 488 East 164th Street in Morrisania between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. The city has also put together a directory of resources for city residents impacted by the shutdown at nyc.gov federal shutdown. That site will connect anyone impacted by the shutdown with a wide variety of services, including help dealing with paying rent, eviction prevention, mental health support, and info on local food pantries and employment services. The government may be shut down, but the Supreme Court is still at work and recently decided which cases to address in the upcoming year. Added to the calendar will be a challenge to part of New York's gun law that prohibits gun owners from traveling outside the city with a firearm, even if they are registered elsewhere. The NRA-affiliated New York State Pistol and Rifle Association argues that New York City's law banning transporting an unloaded gun outside the city should be considered an infringement of their Second Amendment rights. The case involves city residents with so-called premises permits that allow someone to possess a firearm only at a certain building address. That license already allows gun owners to transport their unloaded gun to a gun range within the city or outside the city with a hunting authorization card, but the Supreme Court case will target the intersection of those city gun laws with the Federal Firearm Owners Protection Act Safe Passage provision that allows firearms to be transported unloaded and in a locked container if someone is passing through an area with firearm restrictions. According to Amy Howe at SCOTUS blog, the case will likely be added to the calendar for this fall and will not be ruled on until 2020. Sixty-two years ago, on January 21, 1957, the Mad Bomber is arrested after planting at least 33 bombs that injured 15 people. George Metesky attacked various public locations across the city for 16 years with small bombs, justifying his crimes as retribution for an injury he received while working for Con Ed in 1931. His bombs were particularly devious as they were small and planted in busy public areas like Grand Central, Penn Station, and Radio City Music Hall. About half of the bombs exploded, but thankfully caused no deaths. Metesky was identified by a Con Ed clerk named Alice Kelly who had been searching employee records for someone who matched the police profile based on details revealed in the bomber's letters. He was found incompetent to stand trial and committed to a mental hospital until 1973. Forty-nine years ago, on January 22, 1970, the first Boeing 747 enters commercial service, on a Pan Am route from JFK Airport to London Heathrow. 
Pan Am was one of the first to place orders for the new, larger Boeing aircraft and began their rollout with the christening of an airplane in Washington, D.C. by First Lady Pat Nixon. Planes were put on display at airports for a few days for the public to see, then the first flight took off from JFK toward London, but not without a few glitches that modern travelers can relate to. Engine problems caused a two-hour delay after which all passengers had to transfer to another 747 that was brought in to complete the flight. After Pan Am filed for bankruptcy, a farewell party was held at JFK featuring the plane, 32 years after it entered service. Forty-four years ago, on January 24, 1975, the terrorist group FALN plants a bomb at France's tavern, killing four and injuring 50. The historic tavern was the site of a politically motivated bombing by a group seeking independence for Puerto Rico. In a letter found in a phone booth nearby, FALN would claim responsibility. The FALN bombed locations across New York City advocating for Puerto Rican independence and the release of prisoners, but the Francis Tavern bombing was the most deadly. An attaché case carrying 10 pounds of dynamite exploded inside the hallway entrance of Francis Tavern at 1.29 p.m., blasting debris onto the Pearl Street sidewalk. Three were killed instantly, with one man dying later from his injuries at the hospital. Other planted bombs had been detected early enough to evacuate buildings or only caused injuries after exploding. In the letter claiming responsibility, the FALN said the tavern bombing was in retaliation for what they believed was a CIA bombing directed at their members, and the Francis Tavern was chosen to target, quote, reactionary corporate executives inside, unquote. No one was ever directly convicted of the tavern bombing. In 1999, President Bill Clinton commuted the sentences of 16 FALN members who had been convicted only of related charges and had not been convicted of killing and had already served sentences appropriate for those charges. In 2017, one of those released prisoners was to be honored at the Puerto Rican Day Parade, creating a political conundrum for Mayor de Blasio and causing corporations to pull their sponsorship of the parade. In episode 3, I talked about the Green Dot Money Pack scam that's currently targeting Con Ed business owners, and on January 19th, two years ago, we were talking about a similar consumer alert from the FBI concerning a check-cashing scam targeting job seekers. If you're looking for a new job, first make sure you know how this scam works, especially if you're searching for online or remote work. It's a devious operation that promises you easy money by working from home, but instead they mail you bad checks to deposit into your account and ask you to send a portion of the money back. They run off with their part of the money, and at some point your bank calls to tell you that the check you cashed was fake. Check the show notes for info on the check cashing scam and listen to episode 3 of this podcast for details on the current scam targeting ConAg customers. If you believe you've been targeted by one of these fraud scams, contact the FBI's Internet Crime Division called IC3. Do you remember the New York Wheel? The 63-story Ferris Wheel was supposed to be a world-class attraction based in St. George, Staten Island, but the project ran out of funding and was canceled in September 2018. With an estimated $450 million spent on the project, there were already parts of the wheel in production, which have now gone to auction after the New York Wheel Company declared bankruptcy and they have been bought by two recycling companies and an industrial wire company. SILive.com reports that the wheel parts sold for just over $300,000, less than the estimated monthly cost of storing the parts. Now the fight begins over whether the developer, the contractor, or the manufacturer will receive money from the bankruptcy sale. 
Great Big City has been running a 24-hour news feed since 2011, but the AGBC News Podcast is just getting started and we need your support. A Great Big City is built on a dedication to explaining what is happening and how it fits into the larger history of New York, which means thoroughly researching every topic and avoiding clickbait headlines to provide a straightforward, honest, and factual explanation of the news. Individuals can make a monthly or one-time contribution at agreatbigcity.com support, and local businesses can have a lasting impact by supporting local news while promoting products or services directly to interested customers listening to this podcast. Visit agreatbigcity.com advertising to learn more. With your support, you can guarantee that a great big city will survive to tell future generations of the giant Staten Island Ferris wheel that never was. And now the park of the day. The Queensboro Oval. Located under the 59th Street Bridge at York Avenue in Manhattan, this piece of land was originally set aside during construction of the Queensboro Bridge and has now become a park nestled under the new bridge. Located on York Avenue between 59th and 60th Street, this park uses the bridge as a covering for its baseball and tennis facilities. If you'll be on the Upper East Side this Saturday, stop by Winter Jam NYC in Central Park. This winter sports festival features skiing, sledding, live ice sculpting, ski instruction, snowshoeing, snow shovel sled racing, curling, ice bowling, and dodgeball. There will also be a winter food market and food trucks on site. Saturday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Nomberg Banshell in Central Park at 72nd Street, just south of Bethesda Terrace. Learn more at nyc.gov parks slash winterjam. And now I think there are a few concerts our robot friends excited for this week on the concert calendar. This is the AGBC concert calendar for the week of Wednesday, January 23rd. King Princess and Banoffee are playing Warsaw and Greenpoint on Wednesday, January 23rd at 7 p.m. Holy Ghost are playing elsewhere in Bushwick on Thursday, January 24th at 8 p.m. Stephen Malkmus and the Jicks are playing Brooklyn Steel and Greenpoint on Friday, January 25th at 9 p.m. The Black Flags Over Brooklyn Festival is coming to Brooklyn Bazaar and Greenpoint on Friday, January 25th and Saturday, January 26th. Casey Musgraves is playing the Beacon Theatre on the Upper West Side on Friday, January 25th at 8 p.m. Pedal, Sir Baby Girl and Cave People are playing Rough Trade in Williamsburg on Friday, January 25th at 8 p.m. Damien Rice is playing Town Hall in Midtown on Friday, January 25th at 8 p.m. Le Savifov and Patio are playing Elsewhere in Bushwick on Saturday, January 26th at 7 p.m. And Rebel Bucket and Diet Cigar playing Brooklyn Steel and Greenpoint on Saturday, January 26th at 8 p.m. Thanks for listening. Find more fun things to do at agreatbigcity.com slash events. All right, you think you're a pretty savvy New Yorker, but do you think you could recognize the city skyline? According to a survey by equipment rental company Big Rents, 37% of people who were shown a photo of the Philadelphia skyline thought it was New York, and 22% thought the Los Angeles skyline was New York. And out of the 4,000 people total in the survey, 35% of the New Yorkers who were surveyed thought Philadelphia was New York. Apparently New York's own skyline was too iconic to be included as a photo in the survey. Check the show notes at agreatbigcity.com podcast for the full survey results.
Weather for the week ahead will be rainy on Thursday with high temperatures rising to 54 degrees. The historic extreme temperatures for the week were negative 6 degrees on January 24, 1882, and a high of 72 degrees on January 26, 1950. Thanks for listening to A Great Big City News. Follow along 24 hours a day on social media at A Great Big City or email contact at A Great Big City with any news, feedback, or topic suggestions. Since we're just getting started with the podcast, I'd love to hear what you think. If you enjoy the show, subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening and visit agreatbigcity.com slash podcast to see show notes and extra links for each episode. 